All right, all right. Yes. Greeting you with the Holy Words, peace. We've been talking and, and, and we're trying to grow to the point that we uh, live the life that Christ would have us to live. Is that right? And a lot of times what happens is we get caught up into things that are not necessarily God things. And uh, have you ever heard a good preacher? A good singer? A good, t- a good teacher? And if you ever wanted to be that, want to be a good preacher or a good teacher or a good deacon, it's meaningless to God. You don't care nothing about that. We're going to talk about that. Some people think that I'm kind of hard. You ought to read Paul. <laughs> All right? You give little boy messages to little boys. You give men messages to men. All right? And so sometimes it it bothers me that we have not acknowledged that we as men, and Paul has given us some direction as men, need to step it up. All right? And uh, he's telling us, see, have you ever, there's been too many Christian men falling uh, uh, from grace or falling from the church because they put more into uh, other areas of their life than they put into what God would have them to do. And then we, we, what happens is we get stuck. You see, God is not impressed about your, my preaching or any other preacher. He's not impressed about any, 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 anything that you do good, your ministry. He's not impressed about your ministry. He's not impressed about your faith or your spiritual gifts. All right? What God is, he's talking about your character. That's what he's worried about. The devil can preach. Yeah, he can sing. Right? He can do all those things. But what is your character? The, 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 and Paul, we're going to talk about that and find out where Paul puts that. And so sometimes, Paul is one of my favorite, favorite people. I like to read him because if you read him right, he's chastising you in every book he writes. Because he's, he's writing these to Christians and he's writing these things to churches. So God is into the character, not your ministry. Not your faith, not your spiritual gifts, not your talent. He's into your character. You're not going to get, you can't preach your way into heaven. You can't read your way into heaven. You got to live it. And sometimes the the, the thing that is is tragic is that so many people try try to make themselves bigger than they are. And so when we try to make ourselves bigger than we are, then we fall. And when we fall, there are a lot of people who are looking for us to fall. This, And then there's another kind of people, because see, Paul says in, in uh, uh, you all don't have this, but he was talking to the church of Corinth. And he says, now I will show you the most excellent way. And in showing them the most excellent way, he's talking about love. The commentary that we're going to read, and I got it X'd out when I don't want it. We had to get a, pull a ram out of the bush. He's up here, but the cow didn't make it, huh? <laughs> So that's how it works here. You're ready to go. And uh, we may give up on love. Have you ever given up on love? Well, it's because you had the wrong type. Yeah, because, you know, and all of you saying yes, well, somebody gave up on you. Yeah, because you had the wrong type, right? But the Paul, he's talking, the love he's talking about is that it'll take you in a more excellent way. Commentary. 
Perhaps we have waited for love to find us, mm. only to be disappointed. Have you ever done that? Waited for love to find you and, bis and been disappointed? Because when you found it, it wasn't all that you thought it was. And when it found you, it wasn't all that you thought it was. Come on here, talk back to me this morning. Mm -hmm. All right? <laughs> Maybe our loved ones have hurt us so badly that we needed to numb ourselves from the pain. And that's what happens to a lot of people who get into addictions. Someone, a loved one has hurt them and, and tragically, and they do things to get rid of the pain. It doesn't matter who you are in here. You've been, and all of us have tried to get rid of the pain. If you've ever been sick, and I, has anybody in here been well all their life? All right, then that, that, that means you went to the doctor and you got some kind of medication. Well, spiritually, sometimes people are bruised and wounded, and it's a very painful experience in their life. And so to numb that pain, they go to drugs or alcohol or something. Because when you are hurting, you're going to try to numb the pain. It's just like, and I use it all the time because it happens in the people sitting in the church like any place else. When we see some of these people acting up, we don't know who's been molested as a child. We don't know who's been raped. No, we don't. No, we don't know. We don't know who's been abused. We don't know who's been used. Come on here. And so we're looking at what they're acting like instead of looking at what caused them to act like that. See, we should be dealing with causes, not facts, because you, we can deal with the fact all day long. But what caused this person to react like that, right? Do you understand what I'm saying? And if we have love for them, then we are more interested in where their pain came from so that we can help them through the healing process and not how they're acting. So when we see somebody acting up, the first thing we need to do is go in partnership with the Holy Spirit and ask him, what can we do to see deeper into that person than what we can see? In other words, we got too much of ear, eye, mouth ministry. We need a heart ministry. You know, we got too much of ear, yes, I'm going to say it again, ear, mouth, eye, yes, uh, 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 ambition, instead of uh, coming from the heart. That's why it fails. That's why people fail and they don't make it. You see, God don't, see, Satan can't take nothing down that God wants to stand. Come on here. You see, if you see a pastor, and we see it all the time when you hear one a pastor falling, a church falling, hits that all the time. Now, and God, if God was with that, it couldn't fall. Because you can't, you can't, God, Satan can come kill and steal and destroy, but he can't put his hands on what God wants. When it's anointed by God, he don't have the power to deal with that. Do you understand what I'm saying? But it, it, it's some things are built up on the wrong reason. We build people up sometimes for the wrong reason. Because people, the one, the greatest compliment that your pastor likes is, you know what it is for me? People say, you can't like him, you definitely got to love him. Oh, I love that. I just, I just, just massage. Do you love me? I don't need no friends. I got plenty of friends. See, I need to be, I'm here to help you to grow so that you can have the life that Christ would have you to deal with. You see? So not liking me is a good thing. Loving me, and if you die, if you don't love me, you don't die. But anyway, you see, because the key to it is, is we want to be better. Isn't that right, man? Because we're going to do a man thing here. Right, right, man? And, we, and if you're a real man, you don't mind being chastised, Right? Because you can take it. Isn't that right? And so sometimes, boy, chastising hurts. Guess why? Y'all see my personality. There's a whole lot of chastising happened to me when I first got to ministry because I knew more than anybody that ever wrote. <laughs> Tell me. Oh, yeah. And said it. Oh, yeah, I did. All right. And that shouldn't, you know. But God had, when he humbled me down and, and looked in that spiritual mirror and showed me who I was not. Change my life. Read, please. <laughs> All right, so 
since we are in recovery, we have to find ways to deal with the issue of love once again. See, see, since you're in recovery, and we're all in recovery, just some people are brave enough to go, all right? When we're in recovery, we got to find out to get back to where we left. We got to love again. You see, you can't get to heaven unless you love again. Ask me why. Jesus says, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy mind, thy soul, and thy spirit, and love thy neighbor as thyself. That's scripture right there. So when we get damaged and we don't love anybody, it imprisons us. It don't imprison them because they really don't care anyway. But we have to love them. Let me tell you what love will do. Love sets you free. You see, see, love will set you free. We hold on to something, and it keeps us in prison. But when we love them, love will cause me to forgive them. And when we forgive them, that puts the heat of fire on their head, but it frees me. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it's a tough thing, but Paul says it's a more excellent way. He's talking about a way that works. All right? It is God's will that we love others. It's God's will that we love others. Not my will to love others. It's God's will. But I'm glad he said it's his will to love others. Now, he didn't say it's the like. He said love. There's some folks that I love that I, I can't stand them. There's some folks who love me, can't stand me, right? They say, you know, I'll go here, Pastor Phil, but I don't like him. You see, but that's all right, because God didn't tell you to like me. He told me you to love me. Right. right? So you can, that, and that means you can like some family, you can dislike a family member. Yes, because some family members are the ones that bruised and wounded you. Right? You understand? He just tells you to love them. And you can love somebody at a distance. You love God? He's in heaven. That's a long distance. All right? So, all right, here we go. Keep going. Oh, I'm on my commentary. I'm sorry. He goes on to say, without love, nothing else matters. See, without love, nothing else matters. Because you, you can't make it. Love the Lord, that God, with all thy heart, that mind, that soul, and love your know, spirit, blah, 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 and love your neighbor as yourself. You see? Why would you give somebody the power to hinder you from your kingdom? the kingdom of God. Don't give anybody that power. You can say that. I don't like you, but I love you anyhow. Yeah. Isn't that right? I'm the only person here that don't like some folks. <laughs> I must be. Brother Roger, I must be the only brother in here that don't like some folks. I don't like some kin folks. You understand what I'm saying? You see, I would say this, but some of you couldn't have. There's a folk up in here that I ain't too crazy about. <laughs> Uh, but it's about a love thing. It's about a love thing. It's a love thing. I love you. All right. Thank you. <laughs> love is more than a feeling. Love is more than a feeling. Love, say that. Love is more than a feeling. Love is a commitment. Yes, it is. Love is action. Love is power. Not a feeling, because feelings go and come. And so some of you know that because somebody told you they loved you. Where they at? Come on here, let's get real with this thing. But real love will be there. All right? Death cannot even kill real love. All right? Love, it is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And, and you can't have love unless you have the Holy Spirit because love is a fruit from the what? The Holy Spirit. Are y'all with me? You see, before we were born again, we couldn't love like we're supposed to love. We didn't have the fruit of the Spirit. But when we were born again and had a new created spirit and the Holy Spirit came in and baptized us, the Holy Spirit brought us the gift of agape, which is the love that God was talking about. All right. The Bible defines it in this way. 
Love is patient and kind. Love, love is what? Patient. Love is, well, I'm on borderline on that one. Love, kind, I can deal with. Patience is not one of my virtues. But if the truth, the Holy Spirit had to come in to me, give me patience. I didn't have patience on my own. Am I the only person here that the Holy Ghost has to give patience? Come on here with me. But love is patient. Love is what? All right. Love is not jealous. Love is not jealous. Or boastful. It's not boastful. Or proud. Or proud. Or rude. Or rude. In other words, you could be the president of the United States, but you couldn't be the president in heaven. <laughs> oh, I'll say it, because that brother ain't got none of this stuff up in here. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Come on here now. Come on here now. Because this is, the, this is what it is. If you don't have this, you ain't got the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost is going to produce this fruit. There's no abuse in a family. There's no abuse in a family that has this. Come on, he's writing this to men. You're going to get this in a minute. There's no abuse. There's no name calling in a family that has this. There's patience in a family that has this. There's understanding in a family that has this. In other words, if you have a relationship with Christ and a relationship with the Holy Ghost, you don't have a problem having a relationship with people. All right? Love also never gives up. Love never what? Gives up. Love, love never gives up. And aren't we glad of that? How many of us, if love gave up, God wouldn't be with us. Some of us had three or four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. You see, there's a scripture that says 70 times 70. Is that what it says? Uh, there's been some times I used them all up. But God's love was powerful enough. There have been people in my life that has forgiven me. Do you understand? This, I'm trying to get you to have a life that God will have you to live, that you can have the joy in your life, and you can be content in your life, and you can be strong in your marriages and in your relationships. The only way it's going to happen is God has got the roadmap to that. Man can't help you with that. You see, you can talk all day what you wish you could have done, but if you're not in partnership with the Holy Spirit, you don't have the power to do it. All right? And last on the commentary, love endures through every circumstance. Love does what? It endures through every circumstance. Now, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Let me tell you, uh, you know, I mean, God can put you in some spots sometimes. And you say, Lord, you got the wrong person. <laughs> you, you ever know what I'm talking about? Because, like, you, know, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. If, no, I don't know. I can't, I can't deal with him. I, I can't deal with her. You know, I want to, you understand? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And sometimes it, when you're going to get real, I don't want the real people to say, man, it is. Sometimes I look in the mirror and say, I don't know if I can deal with that brother. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes, if, has anybody in here ever been in a dark place? Have you ever been in one of those places you didn't know you could get out of? And you looked in that mirror because you know who you are, you see, and you looked at it and you don't have even the energy to come to church to make the change. Until you start loving God enough to get, to get yourself together and then start loving yourself enough to get yourself together. Some of you have been put in bad circumstances because you ain't getting loud enough, so I'll get crazy up here. Some of you put yourself in bad circumstances and situation, blame it on everybody but the person who put themselves in that situation and it's yourself because if you loved yourself the way you're supposed to love yourself, you would have never put yourself in that position. Give me a hand clap because that's just good stuff there. I'm going to the top. I got carried away. All right. 
And see, and see what, what I'm trying to do is, uh, uh, let, now I'm getting ready, I want you to get here. Some people get too caught up in what they do at church. And, and yeah, they get too caught And And, and when and I said, God was talking about a, a more excellent way. He starts out getting right in these people's case. He says, though I speak with tongues of men and of an angel, huh, and have love, I am what? Respond and make a noise. He said, I'm just somebody making noise. See, see, a lot of times we be amening. We be amening. It's the top. We be amening because I want to get down here. We be amening this and amening the person. You don't know if that preacher's real about what he's talking about, but it really doesn't matter if it is. Are you real about what you're hearing? Because, see, it's, it's some, some people come to you, and uh, this is me. This is me. This is out of the, Johnny, the gospel of Johnny Fields. I don't like talking to those people. Uh, oh, I love the Lord. When do you think God is coming back? Are you ready to go to heaven? God is good. No one says, shut up. <laughs> uh, uh. Because you making noise. And the Bible, no, it says that. Some folks just talking. It says symbols. All you must make a noise. Good as I'm living, I want Jesus to wait a while before he comes see about me. Uh, you know what I'm saying? No I, am, no, I am prepared to go to heaven. Brother Rodney, I'm prepared to go to heaven, but I ain't ready. Do you know what I'm talking about? And if I, but I could get up here and say that as a preacher and folks would be, amen, pastor, I'd be lying. So I'm going to tell you all the truth. I'm prepared to go to heaven. I've done what it takes to get to heaven, but I ain't ready. Do you understand? So I'm not making noise because when you tell the truth, it's not noisy. Somebody says the truth anyhow. The truth anyhow. All right. Yeah, just read it on down because they, uh, they ain't got no place to go. <laughs> All right, so, <laughs> so it's uh, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 2. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. He said, Whoa, he said he doesn't care about a mega church, a mega preacher, a big choir. A wonderful voice. Some folks is, ain't got nothing. It's, as Brother Isaac says sometimes, some folks are just putting on a performance. <laughs> you see? And, but, but when you have the love of God in it, that means the Holy Spirit is empowering it. And that's what makes a difference. Do you understand? You see, you can quote all of these. I'm not a scripture quoter, but some folks can quote scriptures and they can do this, they can do that, they can do this. He said, if you don't have love, you don't have nothing. Doesn't matter how much money you give to the church. You understand? He said, you have nothing. Doesn't matter how good you pray. If you have love, it ain't nothing. That's what the Bible says. All right? It also says, if I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. He said, hey, if I give my life and go out there and get, if I don't have love, I don't have nothing. He says, I'll show you a more excellent way. And that more excellent way is love. It's not what you, you love God? See, if you really love God, you ought to live God. You can't live God unless you love God. And if you love God, you can live God. And if you live God, you can love like God. And then you won't do all of those things that hurt other people. Or yourself. All right? All right, so now we go to... Uh Verse 4, and it, some of this is going to sound repetitive, but we need right. to get it. So, love is patient. Love is what? Patient. With your wife. With your husband. 
with your kids, with your employees, with your employer, with your friends. You got to be patient. And it hurts. Because some folks, you want to get with them. I'm the only person here that's ever thought, I'm about sick of you. (laughs) And some of you all heard me say, if you come to me too many times, you need to get another problem. But love is, <laughs> love, 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 is patient. love is patient. He just, uh, Brother Roger said that, which some of the rest of y'all wanted to say. Yeah, you heard it, and you, and you probably got all in your feelings. But I love you, so I'm patient. My arms are still open for you, all right? Love is kind. It's kind. We're talking about what's supposed to be for each other. You see? The church has hurt more people than it's helped with their church doctrines and all their rules and regulations. Who can come into church and who can't come into church? Are you kidding me? Love is patient because the worst person sitting in the pews could wind up being the smartest one that ever came into church. You see, somebody you may not have liked when you started out could be the person that could do more for your life than anybody else would do in your life. All right? Love doesn't envy. Love doesn't envy. You shouldn't care about what another person's got. Jealousy is a petty spirit. You see, but love doesn't envy. I'm glad that you're doing good. I'm glad that you got the new home. I'm glad that you got the new job. I'm glad that you got the promotion. God is blessing you because love doesn't envy. All right? It is not self-seeking. And it doesn't seep self-seeking. You see? You see, it doesn't see love in the pulpit doesn't mean anybody you have to make people shout. In the old church, they used to tell the preachers, true story. They used to tell the preacher, give them a little theology and then go after them and get go after the sisters that shouts all the time. And then they would tell you, yes, they would tell you this, you ain't preaching unless you moan. Yes, sir. You see? That's self-seeking. All right? The person that's getting the most is the person that ain't. Somebody, I went to a church once and I was speaking, and I don't know if some of you all were with me, and they started shouting, and I stopped preaching. Because I know the Holy Ghost don't get confused. Right. Yeah, we, you can't hear me. Somebody, I'm here to talk to somebody. You making noise, they can't hear what I'm saying. Right. So, so, yeah, so one of us got to shut up. So I just stopped preaching. Yeah, I, that, that's a true story. I just stopped preaching. All right, sister, done. Now, here we go. Go back to the message. Because both of us talking at the same time, we confusing folks. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's right. That's right. Come on with me. And love is not easily angered. And love is not easily angered. Some people are doing things for a reason, and there are people, we need to find out the reason why they're doing things. They're angry for a reason. So you don't just wake up mad. There's a reason people are angry. Once we find that out, we figure that out, then we can pray for them and work with them and counsel with them and help them. I was angry once. God does it for me through other people. Help me to get rid of that anger. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, some of you in here today, you're angry with people that are dead. Yeah, well, you know, so-and-so done this to me. What way? They're dead. You see? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Angry and upset and all stressed out over somebody who's kicking it somewhere and forgot who you were. That's why I say it's not easy. And it's not easy. Why do you get angry? 
What for? What has it done for you? What mountain has it ever moved? Who has it ever healed? Really, who ever cared? And then the Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your raft. Because it's physically stressful for you to be angry. Easily angry. But you can be angry and sin not. But most of us, when we get angry, we're going to go into sin. And you go into sin, you go into stress. Yes, and when you go into stress, you can't reason. You lose your sense of reasoning. All right? In verse 6, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love wants somebody to tell them the truth. Yes, it does. Man, that hurt. Man, pastor told me that, man. That just ate me up. But thank God, hallelujah, somebody at least cared enough about me to tell me the truth about myself. Because, see, if you tell me the truth, then I can change some things. Sometimes I need to be aware of some things. You know what I'm saying? God doesn't want to hide the truth because when the truth is hidden from you, then you're going to live a lie. And when you live a lie, it'll catch up with you sooner or later. Come on here. That's right. Love, it always protects, always trusts. Love protects and love trusts. Is your family strong enough? The person sitting next to you, they said they love you. You ought to ask them, what does that mean? Love protects me. Love won't abuse me. Love won't misuse me. You see, so next time you single people in, somebody say, I love you, and you say, what's that mean? Yeah, you say, what does that mean? You say you love me. What does that mean? I want to know what that means. You see, because if you love me, you will protect me. You won't be easily angry with me. You'll have patience with me. Is that what you mean? What do you mean? All right, everybody got quiet. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Love also always hopes and always perseveres. And love will hope that that person gets it right and perseveres and does everything they can until they get it right. Love will do that for itself. It's got to persevere. See, a Christian walk. This ain't no sprint, folks. This is a journey. And it takes perseverance. And it takes discipline. Love God, you say yes, live God. You can't live God unless you love God. Do you understand? And see, loving God means I got to have patience with some ungodly people. And that's kind of hard sometimes to do. Yes. All right. In verse 8, it says, love never fails. Love won't fail. See, if you love me, you won't fail me. If I love you, I won't fail you. Love never fails. This is what the Bible says, people. If you haven't experienced it, then you might want to talk to God about it. All right? And just so we get a better understanding, love is a strong affection for another arising out of kinship or personal ties. Say kinship. Kinship. You know what that means? The body of Christ. Doesn't matter. We all kinship in here. We Christian, you're Christian? We kin to each other in here. So we're supposed to love one another. You see? All right. Doesn't matter how much money you make. Doesn't matter what zip code you live in. Doesn't matter what color you are. Doesn't matter male or female. Doesn't matter about all those things. We kin folks. 
All right. And love is also a brotherly concern for the good of another. Love is concern for the good of another. You praying for your president? You praying for the Congress? You praying for the Senate? You understand what I'm talking about? Voting's passed. We passed all that now. Ain't no woulda, woulda, shoulda, coulda. It's prayer time now. It's time to get down on your knees now and pray. Because whether you like them or not, if they're Christian, it's your brothers and your sisters in the White House. Don't get quiet. Whether you like them or not, it's your brothers and sisters in the White House. You may not like their politics, but they're still your brother and your sister. Yeah, that's right. Like, you may not like your president, still a Christian. And don't say, well, Christians talk like that. You know why you know Christians talk like that? You do. All right. All right. Go ahead. All right. Now we're going to read verse 11 through 13 from the boys. Right. Now this is where the message starts, but I'll go fast. All right. Here we go. When I was a child, I spoke. Wait a minute, men. How many men we got in here? Uh, Y'all need a man up up in here. It's time to man up. You see, you know why men act like little boys, say women? Because y'all acting like men. So they'll act like a little boy. You want to be the man of the house, dear? I'll let you. And I can be a little boy. Oh, come on here. You see, that's right. That's right. Yes, that's right. You see? But God, hey, it ain't. <laughs> that's how I work. Come on, is it all right? That's right. If you act like him, and that's why men act like boys. Because women have taken the place of men acting like men, and the men are saying, well, I can have fun, and I can act like a little boy, because you can run this thing if you want to. <laughs> yeah, so I can be a child. And Paul's talking to grown folks here. He ain't talking to kids here. He says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. And guess what else he says? And then I reasoned childlike ways. I reason in childlike ways. And then he says, as we all do. But then he said something else in there. Let's see, what, what does childish mean? Childish you, is immaturity and lack of poise. And that's why some people act in immature. Men, we don't do that in here, do we? <laughs> Men, we don't do that. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I'm going to be like a star. I want, I want to get, I want to get, uh, um, ladies, you act like women in here, don't you? Yeah, yes. I'm good with that. All right. <laughs> well, and some of the men, maybe you figure you're a child. There was no reason to speak up. And that's the way you feel that you act. And, and I shouldn't try to coach you into saying something you ain't. <laughs> okay. Childish is also characteristics that are undesirable and unpleasant, such as selfishness and outbursts of temper. And we don't have any of that in here. Because right. we men. We men in here. We need to act like men, walk like men, talk like men. And our example is Christ. All right? So Paul says, but when I became a man... He says, I when I became a man, meaning he always wasn't a man... And some, some of you in here probably can witness and testify to that, that you always wasn't a man in your way of processing, in your way of thinking. He left his childish ways behind. All right, you're men in here? The Bible said then you need to leave your childish ways behind. And you know you're going to have to. 
Because these women ain't hearing this message. I can hear it now. You know what pastor said? No, Paul said it. You need to quit acting like a child and grow up up in here. You know they're going to say that to you. And then if you get mad at them, she comes, child. You're acting like a child. You see, all right, God is watching you. But that's what the Bible is telling you here. He says, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I reasoned as a child. Is that right? Did we do reason? No, not yet. He said, I reasoned as a child. And see, see, you need to look. We men in here, then we should understand that there's a place that we need to be spiritually so we can act like men and do what a man is supposed to do. All right? And to have that sense of reason, we are to rationally think, understand, and form judgments by a process of logic. And that is like the Christ mind. Because remember now, if you love God, you got to live God. And you can't love God unless you live like Christ. I walk as Christ. I talk as Christ. I think as Christ. I have the spirit of Christ within me. Therefore, I have the sense of reasoning as Christ would have. I have the patience of Christ, the love of Christ. The commitment to my family is Christ. The commitment is my family, my biological family, you all are married there, and my Christian family. Am I doing all right? All right. All right, in verse 12, for now we can only see a dim and blurry picture of things as when we stare into polished metal. So Paul was telling these guys, he was telling us that we don't see clearly because of where we're at spiritually. You, he, you can't see there. A child can't see clearly. And you see, Paul was writing to the group of believers. Go ahead and read that for me, that commentary, Paul. He was really writing for a, a, some believers. He's writing to a church. Yes, he's writing to a church, folks. He's writing to the men in the church. He's writing to the men in the church. Amen. That's who he's writing to. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Maybe some of you, I got some boys in here, some children in here, and I'm trying to get a louder noise because I'm going by the numbers. Maybe I shouldn't go by the numbers, Sister Kim. If I only get two or three, at least the others ain't lying. Would you read that again? No, because this church is going to be a church for men. We go, I was watching, I forgot one of those talk shows flipping through, and, and these people were on there talking about cell phones. This is true. It was this week sometime. And they were trying to figure out a way to take that, yes, their cell phones from their children. And this one lady says, her child goes to bed with a cell phone, and she gets angry, yes, gets angry when the mama comes and gets it, so she lets her have it. And they, no, I'm, I'm telling y'all that, and all these psychologists are on there and talking about, and there are people that would, they'll have them at the lunch table, yes, and so they got this book, this guy wrote a book, to tell parents, yes, I'm telling y'all, I wish I'd have got the author of, of how to help your child to get rid of that cell phone and become in the family. And my behind got sore thinking about what that would have been like in my household. <laughs> I got to thinking, oh my God, I wouldn't be alive today if I told my parent, I ain't giving it this cell phone and you ain't taking this from me. This is true. They got a book on that. You know why? And there were men in that house. How many fathers we got in here? I'm going to tell you how my philosophy wasn't at work. I didn't have any friends in my house. I was a husband and a father. Right? 
You only had, and Isaac will tell you, I told him, you ain't got but one right in my house, the right to leave. Look at him shaking his hand right there. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. Kidding me? This is true, but let me get back to that. Back to this. All right, so Paul was writing to a group of believers who had started to forget what real love is. Church people. He's talking about church people. Paul was writing to church people who forgot what real love was. All right? See, see, sometimes there's some brothers in there, this young brother, and, and, I, and I'm glad to see him come back. He came on Easter, I think it was, and he told me he'd be back, and he'd be back. I appreciate that about you. Because, see, it's man time here. It's man time here. It's time for us to grow up on here, man. Come on, man. It's time for us to grow up. It's time for us to lead our families, raise our kids. Yeah, we, we, coaches ought not be raising young boys. You see, you see your, your son shouldn't be looking for a role model on a football field or a basketball court. All right. Here we go. Paul showed them that all their abilities, talents, and spiritual gifts amounted to nothing. He says, Paul said, I don't care about your spiritual abilities, your preaching and singing and all this. It amounts to nothing if you ain't got love behind it. And without selfless love, we have nothing. He said, without selfless love, we have nothing. Go ahead. All right, so we'll continue back on uh, verse 12. I realize that everything I know is only part of the big picture. Paul says everything he knows is only part of the big picture. You know, we ain't got it all. Paul's pretty smart. Yes. Look at me. I ain't in Paul's thing. So if he only knows part, I know partially. Right. Here we go. But one day, when Jesus arrives, we will see clearly, face to face. In that day, I will fully know, just as I have been wholly known by God. But I want to do better before he gets here. I want, when Jesus sees me, he smiles. When he comes back, 13, last verse. Last verse. But now faith, hope, and love remain. See, the only two things that you're going to have is faith, hope, and love. Anybody been in the hospital and major surgery? That's all you got. That's all you got. All right? And these three must characterize our lives. We must live with faith, hope, and love. These are the characterizings that we, the characters that we are in a have in our spirit. And the greatest of these is what? Love. God good? Yes. You love me? Yes. Amen. Come on, Amen. get up here. Give God a hand clap. Y'all can do better than that. Give God a hand clap. Give God a praise. 